And mom was recording, bitch. Oh, welcome to the third podcast. We're joining live for now. I'm your host, Isaac. This is my co-host. Uh, chicka, 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 Brandon. And this is our new guest, um, Damien. Oh, not just our new guest, but our very first guest. Oh, yeah. That's right. First guest outside of the goons. He popped both of our virginities right here right now, dude. My share Exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. That's right. Not virgin anymore. Well, oh, I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> One day. You're like halfway there, buddy. Yeah, you're like, you know, you're almost there. You got your feet in the water. I got the, you just I got the, I, yeah, I got the bronze. You know, next next year I'm shooting for the gold, all right? It didn't happen one day. <laughs> um, so me and Damon have been talking about it recently, and Damon, um, you're a psych major, correct? Correct. Correct. How many? What school did you go to? Uh, went to Cal State San Bernardino. Graduated with my general psychology bachelor's. Uh, I'm currently attending grad school for school psychology specifically. Okay. Big man, thanks. Big man, dude. And Brandon, you're a psych major too, right? Or... Uh, in the works, yeah. Not yet. Not yet, not yet. Well, yeah, major nice, major nice. though, isn't it? Yeah. Hey, you're no dude. Yeah. That's like well, a study sick major. people like you. That's right. That's right. That's right. Dude, they're going to look back at the entire podcast. Oh, I'll start with episode one. Hey, I ain't going to tell them about shit. <laughs> um. Yeah, but we're talking about like um recently just because you know it's 2021 now and like we're still in the pandemic, you know, things are still going on. The day of this being released is inauguration day. Who knows what's gonna fucking go on that day? Hope we don't well, die. I'll tell you what's gonna happen that day. Biden's gonna be inaugurated to presidency. Oh yeah, I didn't know that. That's right. That's funny. Yeah. Dude, did you hear that Trump's leaving today? Yeah, hours in office. Yeah, dumb bitch. But like, usually, like the presidency, like they like, like they like bring him into the office, like, sh- like show him around. I mean, Joe Biden already knows what the White House looks like. You know, he's a he was a vice president before. Yeah, but it's crazy. And, like Trump just let me a little like think a little baby. He's like, oh, yeah, he's I'm a class A narcissist. You don't gotta be a professional to see that. Damn right, man's deluded. <laughs> My pussy hurts. My pussy hurts. <laughs> <laughs> God, that's shit. what I hear until the news comes on. Uh, President Trump's leaving. Um, yeah, but just a lot of things going on now nowadays. But we're talking about mostly yeah, just the pros and cons of the Zooms classes, like that continuously going on. Yeah, that's my job basically is what I do every day. Mm-hmm. Wake up, all right, <laughs> time for work. Fucking pussy. I get the easiest job, dude. Yeah, you yeah do. that's true though. That is true. Yeah, I don't. I don't rely on um. I don't rely on the employment, dude. Oh, uh, god damn! <laughs> not gonna name any. Not gonna name any names. <laughs> <laughs> My god. Um. But yeah, just to start off though with some pros though. Um. Mostly just for me, cause I'm. Cause obviously it's my work. It's like it's better to be at come from my own, my own home, cause like you know I have great internet, you know, and like. It's better for me because I, I work in Fontana. I, I drive all the way from Fontana to Riverside, which is horrible. So it's just better for me to stay home. And plus me with having my like my immune like problems with that. Like, so like it's way better for me to stay home instead of going out every day. Being out there exposed. Even though I, even though I survived Target. I think yeah, I don't know how now. you survived that. 
I'm immune now. I survived COVID twice. Somehow. Oh yeah, you did. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh shit. Yeah. That's right. You're better now. I'm gooder. Is your is your taste back? Ah uh, yeah, not not fully, but uh, you know it's it's there now. It's just it's just that one thing where it's like I didn't have taste for a good amount of days. Mm-hmm. So when I try things now, it's like, is this how it's supposed to taste like type of thing? Yeah. Because yeah. when I was eating without taste, I was tasting shit. But I, well, actually, no, I wasn't tasting things. But I was like, in my head, it was like, it's supposed to taste like this, but it's not tasting like this. So in my head probably clicked. It was like, ah, oh, this shit don't got taste no more. Fuck that shit. But I'm better. My my smell is not there, though. It's not I was, um, there. damn. <clears throat> oh, she's getting better, too. She's, uh... Actually, I think she's better now. Yeah, she could taste and smell now. Yeah. So we're all good now. That's good. That's good. Yes, sir. Yeah. Thankfully, like, none of, like, our other friends, like me, Jer, Angela, and them have, have gotten it. Jer had it? What the fuck you mean? Oh, yeah. You had it. Jer, yeah, Jer that I, man was dying. <laughs> I forgot about that. Wow. You just gonna, you gonna forget about Jerry like that? That's fucked up. Yeah, it's fine. He don't listen to this. That's fine. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> he'll he'll listen to half of it anyway. Yeah, that man was like quarantine, quarantine. Yeah, same, yeah. same, same, same. Yeah, I just like know that you shit. were like coughing sucked. as like were you like as bad as him though? Because he was like when you coughing, you could hear him like gasping for air. Oh no, yeah, Jerry was way worse than me. Because uh, Jer- he was saying that he was losing his breath, huh? Yeah, he yeah. Winded pretty. Yeah, I, I never got any of that. I mean, yeah, thankfully like, he came out though. Good, better. That's, that's right. right. Strong, strong moves. Um, but yeah, like that, that's just one pro for me. Just come from my own home. How about you guys? Any pros for you guys? Like, you think like about saying like, Zoom classes, staying at home, or anything like that? Well, I ain't a bitch, so I'm not home all the time. Yeah, even though it happened because I was quarantined. <laughs> <laughs> bitch. How you nah, doing? But, um, I guess a well, this is. I think I can speak for a lot of the college students out there that be having to commute to campus and everything and parking permits be costing an arm and a leg so oh, like fuck. not having to pay that shit like that that goes a long way trust me because dude one account tastes like 114 dollars so 100 God, for damn. parking yeah just That's and that so was the stupid that used to be just for a quarter fuck. so i'm pretty sure for a semester now since it's less it, yeah huh. it's probably even more so god damn just, That's what i never i'm happy about that yeah <laughs> I'm like, why struggle am I, to find parking. I'm like, y'all paying this much in tuition? Like, why am I paying fucking extra to, just to park my car? Hey, it's all good. I got paid to go to school. <laughs> Damn right. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Not right now, though, but shit. Ah, shit. <laughs> yeah, could you, could you, it's um, a lot less, though. Yeah, because you're a grad student, that's why. Well, yeah. I mean, they're trying to fuck people over. Yeah, fucking everything changes when you're a grad student. Everything more, if, if, if everything's even more expensive. I mean, fuck? it's yeah. it's still more, but like I was just happy that I got like some sort of financial aid because instead of like four grand, it was like say six hundred something like that. Huh. So I mean, it's better, but I mean, shit, something, something. Yeah, but another thing too, like I think it's just like it's safer too, like because I think David most probably most of, was probably most like safest here. Like you always stay home. Well, I'm yeah, like, I mean, right in here. I'm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm uh, I'm following the guidelines of COVID, dude. I can't go out. Yeah, we definitely didn't, did not have a party last year. Mm. That, no, that did not happen. We're we're good citizens. We're good. 
What is that shit called? Good Samaritans. Yeah, yeah, we're Good Samaritans. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah, but I feel like Damien took the most provisions, though. Out of all I of mean, us. like I said, like, like with some of y'all that come and work out or whatever, like, I tell y'all, like, you know, I'm just going to trust your guys' judgment. So it's just like, you know, I'm not going to, like, control you guys. Like, that's messed up. So, but I know you guys understand the gravity of the situation. So, I mean, <laughs> the few times that we had been, I guess, supposedly exposed, I mean, we were negative. So, I mean, yeah, I blame I blame Target more than anything. Yeah, Target fucking <laughs> Target was fucking dude, <laughs> legit. No, it, it was like my first week there, and it was like, hey, um, no, 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 yeah, it was a couple weeks there, and then freaking um, we were having a thing for Angelo. I'm right? surprised you didn't die. Yeah, I'm like legit. Um, but like, yeah, Angelo, and then freaking like the next day we came out like there was someone had a case there, and this is when I started. This was like when they started barely starting at Target. It was like kind of slow, like the cases like start like eventually started like piling it up. But then, like, we're there, and, like, we're all hanging out, you know, sharing a couple of drinks. And, um, freaking, like, the next day, you get a text from Target saying, hey, um, someone, someone had it. <laughs> yeah, someone had it, but they didn't tell us who, like, see, I, I understand not telling us who had it, but you have to at least tell us what department had it. <laughs> so I know whether or not I was in contact with them. Yeah, that's kind of, that's kind of dumb of them, to be honest. Yeah, that shit was so stupid. And I was like, what the, f-? I was like, you serious? Like, they're gonna tell me, like, yeah, and then, like, we we checked out that like that's when the case started coming in like it was like every other week. That was know, like that was like early right early through uh, the that COVID was like, thing. Yeah, that was like the summer because I remember we got shut down <clears throat> like in March. Yeah, I started I started that in, in April I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it was like pretty I want to say pretty early on in like in, in like the pandemic situation. You know, it was like early on. Um, but yeah, it was it was bad Target. I don't recommend going to that Target. Target's horrible. Fuck all that. I am, I'm not even. Like, like if that yeah. was the last job there was, hell no. Nah. Hell no. Nah. The fuck is this careless over there? It wasn't even that bad of a job. It's just like they didn't really enforce like the things like 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 they didn't force people wearing a mask until like, after I left, which is stupid. Like it was just like I'm like if I have to wear a mask as an employee, I feel like the people who are coming here should wear a mask too. You should have taken that shit more serious. It did oh, it, and, no. yeah. I think right now, I think they're gonna go. They're gonna go under um investigation too, because like, oh freaking, yeah, I mean shit, they yeah. probably ain't the only ones. <laughs> yeah, it's just I was probably the stupidest thing. It was a good job, but it was not safe. I mean, I liked it. It was good. It was good money. Yeah, man, I know why you liked it. Oh yeah, <laughs> it target tricks me quad, bro. <laughs> Yeah, don't 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 play. We all know why you like that that job. That's right. Is is that right, Target Angelo? <laughs> oh, you gonna get him oh. in trouble? <laughs> 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 you chill out. <laughs> uh, yeah, but um, yeah, that's probably the, yeah. I I would never get a job like that ever. Had that much exposed to it. It's crazy. Like right now, you're doing Instacart, right? Yeah, like much of like exposure, like how safe do you think that is? Um, it's actually pretty solid. I mean, because obviously, like you, t- you obviously have to shop for the person and like do all that stuff. But hmm. I mean, that's kind of like what you would regularly do on your own time to get your own groceries and everything. So, I mean, considering that, basically, you're doing a daily activity that you probably do anyway sometime throughout the week, and you get paid for it. It's like 
it's pretty solid. <laughs> Plus, it's probably the only thing that really works with my school schedule. So, yeah, I, mean, I think better like, than nothing. Yeah, that's a lot true. of jobs right now are just like, like a lot of warehouse jobs or like shipping jobs, like Amazon, FedEx, CPS. Oh, like I don't know. Amazon fucking Rona's tension. It's like, think about it though, like, a lot of other jobs are not like really open, you know, right now to like to hire people, you know, like, like I'm, like, I'm thankful I have my job, but I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure, like, if people try to apply for it, and, like, no one will really get in, you know, it's, like, it used to be like, like, already known, you know, stuff like that. Hose. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, yeah, a lot, a lot of like shipping jobs would be like, people, you know, like, people like Amazon. Which yeah, is Amazon will take anybody. But bro, yeah, Honestly. Amazon is fucking house. Amazon is like a freaking <clears throat> like a slave house, man. I'm telling no, you. I, no, ask your ass if you could start yesterday. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> That's you know it's a bad job when they're like, Can you start now? <laughs> well, uh sure. <laughs> I remember um, like um shit. my second job I got ever got was a car wash job and I applied for it and like, Oh, you fucking uh, hated that shit. <laughs> Because my, my dad was like, go, like, you need to go get another job for the summertime. I was like, all right, I'll get another job. So I got another job, and freaking, like, the day I, I applied, they were like, hey, can you come in today? I was like, Shh, sure. <laughs> fucking, oh, dude, that shit was horrible, dude. Yeah. But, like, talking about, like, um, being at home, though, um, how about, I don't know about you guys, but have you guys made, like, many bad home life, you know? Like, I'm pretty sure, like, for the kids out there, like, who have, like, abusive parents, stuff like that, or, like. Oh, yeah, I mean. There's a lot of situations out there that we don't know of where a child escaped with school from their troubles at home. You know, now mm-hmm. they have to have to stick through it and go to school during their troubles at home. You know, yeah. And yeah, I mean, I the the cool part is that certain I don't know if all schools did it, but they were still providing lunch at certain times because sometimes, you know, like like I think I said it before, but it's it's uh. Some people are not as fortunate as we are, and some kids depend on school lunches as a meal for their day. Mm-hmm. You know, so thankfully, some schools still provided those lunches for free. Yeah, um, yeah. So, so, sometimes we do that. We pass out lunch stuff like that. I remember we did that all summer long when it first happened. We started passing out food. Like it was, it was a lot of people. It was like six different schools in just like the Fontana like area, like which was like yeah, it's good. Yeah, yeah. But like um. I'm not particularly <clears throat> now, but I remember back back then, like when I was like with my parents, like that, like before, like the, all this happened. Like I, I like school was where, yeah, where I would get away, you know, like cause, like my dad, my dad was something else, my stepmom was something. I, I didn't want to talk to my stepmom, so it, it was just me, you know. It's so, like it was me, and my friends, like that was it. What do you mean? Yeah. So, like, <laughs> like my dad, like he was always working, you know, but he was like, whenever I would get home, he'd always be like in a like bad mood, like shitty mood, you know, like, it was yeah. Like, and then my stepmom was always like, I don't want to say it, but she was like, not very, um, motherly like, I guess. Motherly, yeah, yeah. 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 So like, you know, she'd partake, she would, she'd partake to her kids and not, but not us. Mm-hmm. So like, it was mm-hmm. just like, it wasn't a good, like being at home. I hated being at home. Mm-hmm. So like school was always an escape, you know, and especially now for kids, you know, I can't imagine what they're going through, you know? Yeah, it, it just makes you wonder about just different family structures, different family dynamics. Because a lot of this kind of just reminds me of you know Bronfenbrenner's uh, ecological systems theory, which is basically pointing to the individual themselves. So let's say in this case, you know, kids, school age children, mm-hmm. um, you know, they they have their microsystem, which is like the immediate surrounding environment, 
So that includes family, school, um, maybe peers or friends of any kind, any health services that are directly needed. Um, and it just kind of slowly expands to the bigger surrounding world. So when you kind of have a big change like this for a lot of kids, you know, it can really affect not only um, their mental health, but also their physical health as well. Because, you know, as human beings, we're wired as social creatures. So, I mean, when you kind of deprive people to a certain degree of that pure social interaction, you know, it can take a toll physically as well. Because then now you can even, if you let an outside stressor get to you extreme, uh, extremely enough to the point where you can be more vulnerable to illness and even if you have an illness it can also affect the recovery time so there's just a lot of like different variables to consider and i know statistically speaking there's been a rise in domestic violence there's been a rise in child abuse there's been a rise you know and just all these adverse um family dynamics just because of the fact that you know quarantine and everything so obviously you're more home a lot more which means you could be potentially exposed to a less, you know, nurturing environment, like kind of you alluded to earlier. So, you know, it, it just goes, it just goes to show that there's, there's a lot more here than just, you know, meets the eye. You can, because, like I said, with our with our individual microsystems, you know, we may have different experiences, you know, but we just don't know the bigger, you know, I guess picture out there for a lot of other kids, especially yeah. young kids. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, especially young kids, because young kids are more more prone to things like that they're more sensitive more they're still developing so yeah. it, affects, it affects them a lot more than it would say mm-hmm. us at the moment yeah and like also too is like it's harder to like to give help to like those kids too because like, like you know like it's more like like it's giving help you know like just like general like schoolwork or like homework stuff like that it's better like i don't know for, mm-hmm. for me generally it's better in person but like you know sometimes they can't really portray that like over like the camera you know like what? Like what's like what's going on? Or like you know, does it not need help with the homework? Or it's just like something going on at home? You know, because like a lot of them once once not won't even turn on the camera sometimes. You know, yeah, so it's kind of hard to like get to like you know like like the um humanity. I don't know, like humane like off of, like dude, like the, the, the social the social yeah. uh, aspect mm-hmm. of it. Yeah, so it's like kind of hard to do it through the camera, you know, and like yeah, and, and it sucks that you yeah. can't help them because uh uh I don't I don't know you know if all parents do this or not, but like. Certain parents uh, tend to help out their child, but then they they stress them by you know, like how how do I put it? Like they uh, like they're helping them out with their homework or their work or whatever it is, and if they don't know the subject, they kind of tend to get angry towards them. Yeah, yeah, because they, they don't tend know to get it. Frustrated. Yeah, but a lot of the times, but they don't know it because they're learning it. So it's like you can't blame the child, and uh-huh. you're stressing the child, and and the child's gonna feel like something about it i don't know i don't know the word yeah no, yeah i mean that's just typical projecting and you know it's a i honestly don't blame a lot of parents that feel that way because you're literally asking primary caregivers whose jobs are hard enough as just parents yeah. to become teachers to become full-time chefs to become chauffeurs if necessary to become you know nurses and doctors essentially so i mean it's a tough thing on parents too because i think a lot of people kind of overlook that fact that you know it's not as easy to you know get an appointment at the doctor it's not as easy to you know get a tutor for your child or you know child yeah. care in any shape way or form like a babysitter or anything you know because i mean obviously it depends on the individual and like how they feel about the whole situation but i mean i guess in a more general sense generally speaking um you know it really does depend and you know 
parents, you know, they're not perfect. I mean, nobody is. Right? They yeah. have feelings. They get frustrated. They can get frustrated because of, they can get overwhelmed. And, you know, just like a child can. And it's unfortunate because, like you said, with children, I mean, they kind of take everything, especially young children, uh, they take everything more at a surface level. So yeah. if the parents projecting that kind of frustration onto them, then, you know, it kind of puts the child in like, whoa, well, it's my fault. Then, Like, why? Like, they're mad because of me or they're mad because of my work. So they become less inclined to ask for the help if they need it. And it doesn't even have to be school work. It can be just personal problems, you know, feelings about certain situations. You know, it mm-hmm. just kind of builds up to the point yeah, where the child feels less inclined to, like, ask the mom or dad or whoever's taking care of them for help for with anything because they want to right. avoid that frustration and they're putting them first, so to speak, by being like, oh, you know, I don't want to get them mad, so I don't, I just won't ask them for help. Yeah, because it's like traumatizing their head that just that one time that it happened. Because now yeah, they see their parents as, this... uh, like, yeah. if, if they ask for help for, for the parents, that goes back into the mind. So it's like, I'm not going to help. And that's why it comes with those whole development of like lying to the parents and, mm-hmm. and doing behind their backs and stuff because of just that one reaction that they so happen to have. Yeah. And then emotionally filled experiences, especially ones that have to do with negative emotions and feelings, like those are very vivid and they really kind of stick with a child a lot of the time. So yeah, those are the types of memories or experiences where they really, you know, if you ask them to recall that later on, you know, they're really detailed about it because it's just so ingrained because of the degree in which it affected them, whether they're, you know, consciously aware of it or not. Yeah. So it really just kind of becomes this, uh, and also they don't, they're almost conditioned to think that, you know, they can't ask for help because they don't want to make anybody mad. And right, it's yeah. kind of, it becomes this much bigger thing, but um, yeah, it just depends on the family. You know, obviously different families have different ways of doing things. They have different ways of, you know, talking about things that they do or coping strategies. So I think the biggest thing, especially in times right now, hopefully things do get better, but um, I guess just in a general sense, I think it's really important for parents, especially those that may not be too familiar with anything else besides being a parent, to really just kind of go out their way and kind of like look up resources that are available, you know, because there's a lot more than, you know, people may think. So simply just kind of giving yourself that knowledge is powerful enough to help you in the long run. I think. Right. Yeah. That's I funny because, that. like, we just said about like not asking for help. That's exactly what I did back then. I, I, like, Jim, I never get mad at me. I, I would not ask for help ever again. And I think that, that kind of plays to now because, like, I don't like asking for help. Like, that'll be $500. Well, <laughs> well yeah, I mean, it, it, it sort I'm of develops going. into your personality, though, like, at that yeah, point. Yeah. Because, like, legit, legit, like, now that I think about it, that's probably why I don't ask for help no more. Like, or, like, I, I, I'm, like, reluctant to ask for help, you know? Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. The things yeah. in your immediate environment have a big effect on that. I mean, just as your development goes, obviously you have your physical and biological development, but you know, again, emotionally charged events or experiences, you know, they they really do follow you as you grow up, and <laughs> you know, people really overlook the effect that those type of events have on young children because uh, I guess the common thing is, oh, they're not going to remember, or oh, it's just you know, they're they're a kid, you know, like it, right. they, they're just overreacting, they're just having a tantrum, like no, like. If I think if we all kind of like take a step back and try and reflect for a little, we can kind of recall a time when we were that young and maybe we felt, you know, invalidated to some point or we felt like our feelings weren't taken, taken seriously. Like, just imagine that feeling. But then you see that happening to a younger child now. You know, I think parents should kind of like take that into consideration because they can reflect on their own life and be like, 
oh, when I was a kid, I felt this way too. So why would I go ahead and do that to my own child, you know, or do that yeah. or have it happen to any other child? Because I know how it feels to feel that way. So it's kind of like, you know, it makes sense. Like nobody likes feeling invalidated. Nobody likes feeling unheard. So, you know, the I guess the common sense thing to do when you look at it like that is, you know, I'm going to validate my child's feelings. I'm going to help them through things. I'm going to do the best that I can because I don't want them to ever feel like how I felt when I was younger. So exactly. Yeah. Like you want them to be better than how you were raised and how you became, you want them to become a better person. Exactly. It's just kind of breaking a cycle, so to speak. If that seems to yeah. be an environmental transfer generational, generationally speaking, um, like dating back to your great grandpa and then your, and then your grandpa and then his dad, et cetera, or whatever. So it just kind of becomes this trend. And, you know, a lot of people do kind of break those trends and, you know, that's good, but, you know, I think it just has to be a lot more, conscious to the just the masses you know just to the public like you know yeah. it should be really kind of advertised like you know treat your child how you would want to been treated when you were young you know if you can really recall those times where you felt that way just don't do that you know like yeah you don't have to be a professional about it you can just learn and that's honestly all all it really takes especially during like their kids prime years which is like between six to ten right Oh yeah, like around middle school, early. Yeah, uh, like around those, middle school age. Those are the times where, like, you really need to tend to your child, and you know, like you said, validate their feelings, and and don't make them feel neglected or any way like that. Yeah, especially um, like, especially with school as it is. I don't know how school is now, but like middle school, you know, it's a really not not a good environment a lot of the time. Oh yeah, it's it's definitely a time in a child's life where they're really trying to figure out who they are as a person. Yeah. Early on in the early years, they're just trying to get a grasp of the environment around them, how to navigate it, um, learn you know, new things, gross, gross motor skills, fine motor skills, all that good stuff. Yeah. Um, but you know, middle school becomes a lot more there's this much bigger social aspect. Yeah, yeah so that's the, they get their they get the personality. Yeah, where they really stuff. develop that personality, they develop that sense of self. And they really try to identify who they are as a person. And yeah. a lot of people kind of knock it because like, oh, they're just middle school. They have a bunch of time. Well, that may be true, but... Time so, goes by fast. Yeah, exactly. Fast. And the Especially point of all this is to really just kind of help them build a foundation for when they're older. Because yeah. if, you don't, if you have a messed up foundation, if you do have, just like with a house, <laughs> you build it on a crappy foundation, you know, it's not going to set yourself up for a good house later on. You know, it may look nice. But then down below, there might be a lot of cracks and, you know, crevices and bounce. Yeah, it starts deteriorating faster. So I think essentially it just becomes this question of whether or not we help our children in a way to where they can make those mistakes or they can make bad decisions. But we don't necessarily knock them too much for it because, I mean, let's face it, yeah. like, I'm pretty sure all of us in middle school, we did some stupid, stupid shit. <laughs> but like, you know, yeah. We just kind of got to put things in perspective. Like you got to understand, like they're human. Like if you, if, if some grown ass people can't act right or don't know how to act right or don't know how to handle situations like grown people, why are you going to be so hard on a middle school age child? Because they, you know, got in a fight or maybe they, you know, wrote on the desk or they yelled at the teacher or something, you know, right. it just uh, means they, uh, any frustration or acting out in terms of behavior patterns that just literally goes back to they don't have the necessary or socially appropriate skills to navigate those situations. So what do they do? Their primal 
lizard brain goes into effect. Like that's it's just instinct. Like things like fear and anger and aggression are literally the most primal, like instinctual things we have as people. So if you don't have the necessary complicated skills to healthily navigate those situations that are supposed to be in your prefrontal cortex, then you know it kind of goes out the window and you just go back to what you know of just instinctively. Yeah, going back to middle school and like the lies, um in middle school, like my dad would make us make me do grade checks like every week. And like I would always I would put it on, on myself. Like I would never give my teachers because I know I was doing shit in middle school. Mm-hmm. So I would I would write like A's and you know, B's around here, you know. And like I I got with it for like weeks, like like months, you know. I was gonna move to like he didn't ever find out, you know. And um we they had a pair of conference and um my, my teacher my teacher who I actually hated like he was like legit. He was fucking like I like he was so stupid. Like if you miss one homework assignment, you got detention. And I was like, this is stupid. What the mm-hmm. fuck? Yeah, it was like it was it was ridiculous. It was cold middle school. Um, freaking most ghetto school in Rialto. <laughs> oh, Cobb. Yep, Cobb. Um, yeah. So like, I, um, finally he found out. My teacher was like, oh yeah, like he's not doing too well in class. He's like, oh, and I was like, oh, really? Oh, yeah, bet. <laughs> no, my friends give me, give me that side eye. Like, uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. I'll see you at home. He's like, no, you won't. <laughs> but, um, Not me. Talking about, like, like going like, to, like, middle school to, like, growing up, you know, um, I was thinking about that, um, that line from Logic, um, from the song Anxiety, you know, where he's talking, um, he says that grown-ups don't really know shit, and they never did, and now I'm just a grown-up who doesn't know shit. And that, that, that's the line that always gives me chills. I don't know why. Yeah, that is actually, you know, that's a pretty good line. Do you like that? Oh. It's like, grown ups have no shit, and they never did. It scared me because now I'm just growing up, doesn't know shit. Because it's like, that's crazy to think about now, now that you mentioned that, because it's like, it's crazy because, like, how Damien said, like, parents parents were in their, in their child situation at one point, but growing up and becoming an adult, you know, having all these bills and all this stress of paying that shit and, and work, you forget about things. You f- like like it says it goes it goes out the window so you forget that mm-hmm. you were once acting the you same way or there's something yeah. like that so you overreacting is gonna make your child think like oh like next time I just will do it better so he doesn't find out mm-hmm. and right. that's what kind of turns into this Rebellion. whole the whole saying yeah and then the whole <laughs> saying of oh I'm I'm becoming just like I like oh, I sound just like my mom or I sound just like my yeah. mom. Well, there's a yeah. reason because those emotionally charged events and how they responded to you when you were in similar situations. That's the only way that you as a now grown adult know how to respond to those situations. You know, exactly. they, if they never responded to you in a constructive manner, you know, obviously not like super lenient and just kind of like, don't care what you do manner, but more like a authoritative yeah. um, manner in which they're healthily constructively criticizing you, yeah. but giving you feedback to do better. You know, if they are not doing that when you were younger, then, you know, obviously you don't know how that is or how that goes. Yeah. So it's just like, what makes you think you're going to do that, you know? So I think that's where that little old saying comes from is just, you know, well, if that's how they reacted to you and you're in that situation, then of course you're going to repeat that. Unless obviously, of course, again, it alludes back to the whole, you know, doing your own, I guess, quote unquote, homework, kind of researching things, you know, trying to break the cycle, so, so to yeah. speak. You know, yeah, try to dude, learn better for yourself and your kids. I know damn well if my kids are anything like me, he's gonna be making some stupid ass decisions, dude. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, I, that's the thing. Like, I like 
obviously that's going to happen. You know, we were kids once. Kids are kids. We we uh, tend to do a lot of stupid shit when we're, we're kids. Yeah. So, <laughs> like, but it, but that's on you to, like, how Damien was saying to just, you know, just we're not saying that you like to not like you know lesson like teach a lesson to your kids, but do it properly. Like, don't overreact. So that way, you and your child build a build a uh, what's the fucking word? You build a connection. Oh, okay. Uh, your relationship to you build, build a, a connection where. Really where you understand each other, you trust each other, and and they're able to freely tell you more things because you're not overreacting. It's crazy because like my mom and what my my mom and dad like uh, originally, um, they were like young when they had my first my older sister, you know. So it's crazy. Like I'm pretty sure my dad was like twenty something when he had me, probably. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like crazy to think like, damn, like bro, like you just a kid, you know. And like he, he probably he was just like learning on, on the go. It's just weird. And I, I once I remember as a kid, um, um, it was Father's Day, and I didn't have a gift for my dad. And I was like, I think I was ten. So mm-hmm. I I went around the block. And I was still it was me and my stepbrother. Um, we were selling, went to go sell um our toys. We wanted to get money for his, for Father's Day, you know. Yeah. So we went, we went mm-hmm. around the block, you know. And me, I'm a good liar. <laughs> I had to be. You sure about that? Hey, hey, hey okay. <laughs> so I went I went to oh, the the doors hey, back then. I don't know about now. <laughs> oh, but, but now it's different, right? <laughs> um, I went to the doors. I was like, "Oh, hey, we're selling these items for um for a school. <laughs> Do you want to buy it?" Hey, you are not a good liar. Who the hell believed that? Hey, they bought <laughs> who it. The hell, who the hell believed that a school would send young children to sell toys? Hey, they bought them. I made twenty bucks. Well, yeah, they probably knew you was bullshitting. But they were like, yeah. "Hey, cheap toys. <laughs> Fuck it." <laughs> <laughs> I made twenty bucks, uh, and I gave it to my dad. And my dad was like, "He's like, we haven't sold your toys." And I was like, "I sold them." <laughs> he was like, so he, so he made me. He made me go back to door to door to get my toys back." And I was like, "Yeah." I was, I was like, I was like "This is the school out. I was talking about." <laughs> yeah, I'm a good liar. Really, really You're not about. a good liar. Uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> give give me an example. <laughs> Hi, uh, hi, ma'am, or hi, 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 mister. We're selling our toys because we want to give back to the homeless. Nah, I'm talking about an example of me not being a good one. Donate to. Really? <laughs> hey, because I got some long term lives going on right now. You don't even know about it. Oh, yeah? Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Like that one time? Okay, I'm just kidding. I mean, like, like, since we're talking about this development stuff, you know. Like with um, serial killers, right? They they weren't they weren't fucking born and being like in their in their baby hair were like I right, I'm gonna grow up and I'm gonna kill eventually, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Something had to happen throughout their life, whether it be childhood, uh, mom and dad, something traumatic where it just clicked in their head and just changed everything for them, yeah. you know? Such as uh, the recent Netflix series that's been going mm-hmm. on is The Night Stalker, you know, like. He most likely had something that happened to him, mm. and uh, he was like, "Okay, killing is fun," you know. Yeah. Quick thing I mean, about that though, um, yeah. the people who they like, you know, people when they, when they get raped, you know, and they have they they keep the babies, um, like you know, yeah, like just because a baby is born out of like, um, I forget the word for that though, um, not wedlock, something else, um, but they they through rape, you know, it's not like that baby's not gonna turn out bad, you know, it's just it's just 
how it, how, it's how it happened. You know, it's like it's, like people think that just gonna turn out bad. Well, yeah, yeah it's, just, it's just the association yeah. that people have right. to go with. Like, you know, a bad person produce. You know, I guess intuitively you would think produces a bad thing. You know, in yeah, this case, a bad child. But you know, I think also a degree of resentment by the mother who keeps the child does play into it too, because obviously they're associated with that trauma, and obviously it's not a very easy thing to do. Yeah, so, especially you know, since it's, sometimes it's the kid can't come out looking like you know, exactly. The, uh, a person who yeah, so it to becomes that. even more triggering for them, and you yeah. know they try their best, and you know I do applaud them for it because you know obviously like it's their decision to do so, yeah, and they um, love they love the child like a like yeah. a regular child, which is amazing, you know. Yeah, oh, yeah, and then I think it's just more about them needing to take care of themselves first, in a sense, you know, mm-hmm. just yeah. being able to make sure that they have the support around them and immediately available to them to deal with those moments in which they do may get triggered by that. Yeah, you know, yeah. it's a very, it's a very, uh, little. It's a very fickle thing to kind of navigate, and you know, I can't speak from for any any person yeah. like that, but you know, I can only do as I can best, which is empathize as much as I can for those who may deal with that because yeah. of the fact that it it is a very traumatizing experience, and you know, no one's ever gonna truly understand that experience, but they can do their best to empathize and, you know, just be there for you as a support network, exactly. whether it be in the form of peers, family, or even, you know, professional assistance. Um, uh-huh. I think that's just the biggest thing is just being able to understand that, you know, you went through some shit and, you know, it's okay to find help when you need it. It's okay yeah. to reach out for that help, whether it be professionally or, you know, familial or, you know, peer wise, you know, it, it's just something that kind of, goes into that and you know the funny thing about serial killers is that um you know obviously there is association with you know them having a tough upbringing and you know just kind of like having trauma of their own uh-huh. kind of projects into the way that they kind of conduct their killings or their crimes now the funnier thing too is in some cases that's not always the case you know there's yeah. classic like just debate of na- nature versus nurture you know just nurture is like that's what dictates you as a person or nature. You're just, once you're born, like, you know, you're already predisposed to be a certain kind of person. Um, I guess the overall scientific consensus to this point points to just a combination of the two and obviously varies on an individual by individual basis. Um, one, uh, one serial killer that I like to look at was, uh, can't remember. I think it was Ted Bundy, I believe. Oh, he um, was. He did. He actually did not have a horrible upbringing, if I remember. Yeah, right. he, did he not. really was kind of just your typical. He was very charismatic. He was very outgoing. Active, exactly. He was active. Now, I think the more common, I guess, on a more biological level, that psychopaths and serial killers have in common is the portion of their brain. I think, I believe it's the amygdala. I'm not sure, but um, I'll probably have to double check that. But um, basically, the amygdala is the, you know, emotion center of your brain. Yeah. And what they found in scans of brain scans of people with psychopathology um, and those type of psych- psychopathic tendencies is that that area of the brain is much smaller. So it's significant. I think it was about 20 percent smaller. Oh, now, shit. now, the reason being is because on a bi- biologically structured level, that means that they're literally physically incapable of regulating emotion or even showing emotion to the same degree as you know a typical uh developing 
amygdala. Now, and that's why one of the things that my professor actually from my pa my past class, he worked with uh, psychopaths and serial killers in a um, psych hospital. And he, uh -huh. he's worked there for years and years and years. He's had he's had a lot of experience under his belt. So he was a great uh, counseling theories uh, professor. But the main thing he told us was the one thing about psychopaths, the last thing you ever want to do is to teach them how to be socially acceptable or teach them how to show emotion. Because in the root of it all, they're literally physically and mentally incapable of showing gen or creating genuine relationships or genuine emotion. So all you're really doing is making them more dangerous because if you're teaching them, because they're smart, if you're able to, if you're teaching someone like that, how to basically blend in exactly fake projecting emotion and and all those other stuff you just made them 10 times more dangerous it makes makes it easier like, for them that's exactly. why Bundy was so dangerous because he was so he, he was like, very charismatic normal, he, yeah yeah and he i think that in. has to go with his upbringing because you know obviously it wasn't a tough upbringing so you know there was that love there was that affection there was that kind of modeling of that you know he didn't yeah. take it into a to a point where you know okay, this is who I am as a person. I genuinely feel this way. He took it in as more as a blueprint. Like, oh, my mom and dad or my siblings or whoever act in this manner in this situation. So that's what I'm going to do to kind of get myself out of the situation. They saw yeah. it more as a survival tactics. They, some, they, they saw it more in the lens of survival than, you know, pure human emotion. Yeah, it's so like, you know. That's like the really kind of like striking thing about all of it. Like a, like a dog, you know, if I said sit down and get a treat. Exactly. They, yeah. They're almost conditioned to see that thing. And modeling is such a very powerful um, uh, social learning aspect because, you know, when you have a frame of reference to go off of, it's a lot easier to kind of mimic those certain behaviors or mannerisms. Yeah, because um, since you pointed that out, that some, you know, the whatever the hell that thing yeah. is in the frame, <laughs> um, it it was shown early on, and even Ted Bundy's mom said it that one time he was at camp or something. I because I watched a documentary on him, and mm. uh, he 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 did he dug a hole, and I think he put sticks in it, and some girl fell, and he didn't empathize or he didn't feel sorry. Exactly. Uh, his mom said that he just laughed and he enjoyed it. So yeah, like, and that's the thing about people with psychopatho psychopathology is that even from an early age, you can really see. The differences because i mean yeah. children are like the archetype of innocence and you know just kindness so when you see a child kind of act in a very i guess disturbing manner in the way that they would react to a situation like that you know yeah. it does raise some flags it does raise some concern very, obviously yeah. they're still very young so there's this always this debate about whether or not okay is this something we need to address now or is this something they'll grow out of or is this something that's just you know a very isolated incident so I mean, that's just the case with anything when it comes to children, because you just don't know if it's, uh, you know, just part of their typical age appropriate behaviors or patterns or right. if it's something more. Yeah, but, but, um, go ahead. No, I was I was going to say, like, you don't know if you should be concerned or not about it. Yeah. Yeah. But with, with like Richard Ramirez, though, it was like it was different, though, because he wasn't like like. Like in the past, you know, Ted Bundy was just like, okay, it was just murdering people was not like like a fight statement, but like, you know, like mm -hmm. that's what it was. And like in the past, it was like those people who were murdered, it was on the homicide, people who, and then the people who were like sexually assaulted and raped, like all this, it was like different categories back then, you know? 
Um, but mm-hmm. with Ramirez, the, the Night Stalker, it was different because he did both. He sexually mm-hmm. assaulted, and then he was murdering people too. It was it was kids and adults. Yeah, he was just a classic para, paraphiliac. I mean, that's just. I mean, basically, when it boils down to it, you know, that's just someone that gets pure joy or even, you know, just sexual release through inflicting pain. Yeah, because I mean, if if you, I don't know. Oh, well, I mean, for certain documents that I've seen. I've seen like a couple and they've always every every time they have always mentioned from the serial killer side that they said that it's the joy and seeing the yeah. last the person's last breath or life being taken away that yep. brings some happiness. Yeah, and that's like why a lot of them are diagnosed as paraphiliacs because it's just this degree of sadism that they get just pure ecstasy from is what yeah. gives them the only pure which is ironic enough, but which is the only thing that gives them that one genuine feeling of emotion of happiness uh-huh. yeah like because that's them in their true you know biological just biological and just mental like kind of state like that's what really makes that person happy that's when you can really see happiness but it's like, also ironic because you see happiness in such a negative way because yeah. of the fact that they commit such heinous crimes and acts that they kind of you see that how can someone possibly be happy about that you know so, I mean, yeah, and in, in uh, Ramirez's case, like, you know, he did have a tough upbringing. I think his cousin was murdered or he witnessed someone murdering him or something like that. You know, yeah, he was a lot of this sadistic behavior was kind of glorified to mm-hmm. him to a certain level. So obviously a child that's very young is very impressionable. So when you kind of glorify such, you know, heinous acts or kind of uh, sadistic behavior patterns, you know, it's very easy through just t- typical social learning theory for someone to pick those things up and kind of mold it into their own. Because um, I remember in the show, basically, he would write a pentagram and then that someone said, I, like, if his victims were swearing to God, he would tell them to swear to Satan. Yeah. And, oh, shit. You know, that was his whole kind of way of kind of, you know, bringing his sadistic behavior in his own kind of uh, in his own image. So yeah, he, was, he was really kind of projecting a lot of that pent up aggression and just like overall like aggre- uh, like uh, violent patterns and was projecting it in a way that seemed very just like out of this world to people because it's just like, how could someone do such heinous things? How can they possibly do this and this and that? Um, you know, in his mind, he was a disciple of Satan. He was someone that was like the bridge between the earth and hell like he right. was doing the work of satan he was praising satan because he, he he felt as though he felt his power through him so he was really projecting such a negative connotatively associated image of you know satan and kind of producing it in his own way so yeah, like, he was really just projecting it in a way where he really just kind of went all out you know it was just had to do with power had to do with domination humiliation revenge and just you know, pure just sadism. Yeah, I mean, it's it's actually just crazy because, like, from what I think is in their head, they seem to be doing good. Obviously, mm-hmm. like that's that's for them. That's them being you know a good. I guess you could say saint. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But to us, obviously, those are like just evil acts of like just pure satanism. Yeah. Yeah, I think um one of those cases was uh, they they covered in the documentary um. With the Maria Maria Hernandez and Daily um, Okazaki, um, mm-hmm. where so Maria Hernandez just came home, and he had shot her, shot at her with a gun, 
and um, I guess it it hit, it hit her keys, and she's like she so basically survived. You know, she's able to she's able to get away, but she knew her roommate her room her roommate was in there. It was a day mm-hmm. Lee, and um, she was hiding in the kitchen, and like she was she was gonna like go look around, see where he's at. So she put her fingers up on the kitchen like on the counter, and then went to go look up, and like just she he was waiting for her like, right there, and shot her right there, like like it was it was a game with him. You know, it was like just like you know, hey, like I see her coming, I'm just gonna wait for her to pick up, so I can get her. Talk about then, the night stalker, right? Yeah, and then like, okay, yeah. and then Maria um realized her roommate was still in there, you know, so she went around the front door, you know, to see like maybe he wouldn't go out the way, and he would go out go out to the back, you know. And um, he legit came out to the front door, walked past her like nothing happened. Like, yeah, because she said that uh, she said that she, like he already had shot her, so why yeah. do it again? Yeah, so he just walked away. Legit, and she's like, it's just like. Then, like it's just people I don't know like what's going through his head, you know, like like okay, like I should walk past her. You know? And it's and it's just crazy because like I cause I've seen a part of the documentary and he just he eats snacks at their victim's house after he's done. Mm-hmm. So it's like like you you're just I don't know, it's just crazy. Like you literally kill someone himself, and just go. Yeah. He carries himself as if it's just business as usual. Yeah. yeah. In his mind, what he's doing is literally what is normal to him. Yeah, you know, exactly, obviously yeah. we have our socially constructed definitions of what's acceptable, what's kind of normal, quote unquote. Yeah, but, you know, in his uh-huh. mind, he was literally doing what he believed to a Most. very strong degree, which was what he was supposed to do. Things that brought him, you know, elation was because he was doing it in the name of, you know, the demonic figure of Satan. Yeah. So it just his own. He constructed his own reality. He constructed his own social constructs you know yeah so it was just it it is striking to people to see people like that because they're just like how could they possibly be so you know nonchalant or unapologetic this and that uh-huh. well i mean obviously there's multiple factors like i said you know it can be boiled down to a biological level it can be pointed to just the trauma control model in terms of how trauma stems from early adverse experiences and kind of shapes or controls the development of an individual over time and kind of leads to bigger and worse things because i mean as a child i'm pretty sure he had some sort of conduct disorder especially when he's been when things such negative things were glorified to him at such a young age you know he probably wasn't the best student in school probably wasn't the best socially so kind of just reiterating those negative patterns obviously when you're older it kind of sticks with you more and it kind of reconditions this idea that you know this is who i am as a person and you kind of just construct your own reality out of that so you know obviously he constructed this very negative reality of of um using satanism as a way to kind of project his aggression and his you know just impulsivity his antisocial um tendencies just all the all the traits all the hallmark traits of psychopathology yeah it's like insane too because i talked about like my grandma about it because she was like alive during the time and she was actually pretty close when they when they caught him um mm-hmm. But like she was talking, like it's just crazy. Like back then, like you know, like you didn't, you didn't like lock your doors. You like you like, kept your windows open. You know, it was like, mm-hmm. like everyone was just like you know, like no one really cared what you know, like kids were out on the street. You know, nothing like, like hey man, I'm going out. You know, I'm gonna do this. Blah blah blah. Like mm-hmm. not like nowadays, it's so like locked down. Like you know, your kids at, at any moment, every time of day. Like, oh yeah. Are locked down. Like like it like it's insane. You know. Um. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's just like I I can't like, I I don't know why like like. <laughs> And like, ever since she told me that, like, I'm like, I always been like locking my doors now from now on. Like, like, I mean, yeah, like, I mean, yeah. I think the ironic thing is that, I mean, this is my personal 
perspective on it or my personal opinion on all that. You know, yeah, back then you used to, you know, just have your doors unlocked, this and that. But I felt like, one, with development of media and how news kind of gets yes. around now compared to before, I feel so, like shit like this has always been a thing, you know? No, I feel no, like it's more open. Yeah, it's just more open. It's more projected. It's uh-huh. basically brought to the forefront of everybody's mind, you yeah. know? It's presented in a way where, you know, it's just not this small town in, like, Wyoming, this shit happened. Like, you know, it's like if something serious, like something like this happens, you know, it's all over the country now, you know? So I feel like just the development of how news and media is kind of projected and how much of a broader scale it's on, you know, it's just bringing to light all the negative stuff that maybe was being suppressed or not being advertised as much, you know? Because I don't think out of nowhere, you know, sexual trafficking was just like this big old thing like just out yeah. of nowhere you know i feel like it's yeah. always been this thing that because everything has to has to have a starting point this shit right. started to some degree whether it be in this country or another country and it just grew and obviously as it grows it'll get more attention but then consequently over time it takes a long time for stuff like that to really kind of gain traction so uh-huh. for whatever reason nowadays it's like oh sexual tra- human trafficking is such a big thing well to be honest, it's probably always been an issue, but it just it just wasn't kind of advertised or like projected to the masses on the yeah. scale that it was back then, like comparatively speaking. Yeah, like, that's very true though, because like media, like you said, media spreads things way quicker now. Mm-hmm. So everyone's always looking at the news. Well, not looking at the news, but they get the news, they see the news, and opposed as to times during that time, the during the Night Stalker mm-hmm. and the Ted Bundy, like. How many people actually watched the news on TV where that was their only way of mm-hmm. knowing what was going on or read the newspaper, you know? So it's yeah, like and most people that learn about Richard Ramirez or the Night Stalker, um, you know, was mainly when he was first caught and then when he first escaped. Yeah. Like it was literally that moment that he gained national traction because if anything, it was just pretty much anybody around the LA area. So, you know, like someone across the country in like North Carolina or something probably didn't know what the hell who he who the hell he was or what he did and then also people that did figure out who he was at that time you know they just thought oh he's such he's a bad guy or whatever but they didn't know that he was like on a 14 month crime spree before you know so they just don't know the degree sometimes like even if you find things out you just don't know the degree in which like why he's like gaining such national like attention so it's just really kind of like something to consider when you know just digesting the news because now it's like you it's almost you can't even do anything without seeing some sort of news you know it's like yeah. whether it be on social media or any other digital platform it's like you you kind of run into it whether you like it or not yeah and um in in this case though um like they didn't catch him like until like another year though in, in like 1988 um like they only tried him for the the murders and the sexual assault like on, on adults I believe mm-hmm. they don't. They didn't. They didn't um, bring the minors in there because they don't think they want to br- uh, bring them through like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, action again. I mean that. Um, that moment, you know, in their life, which is like, yeah. I mean, it's insane, dude. What people get through. But I'm. I'm kind of glad. It's good that you bring up a good point though. Like how like new travel faster than like I'm glad that kind of happens now. Oh no, like, yeah, that, it is a good thing. Going on, going I just on. think it's you know imperative for people to understand that. Unfortunately, you know, it has it. There was no, I don't think there really wasn't ever, oh, the good old days. Like, I don't yeah. think that's the truth. You know, I think there was a certain degree. Obviously, comparatively speaking, if you were to see like data on human trafficking back then versus now, obviously, obviously now is worse. 
you yeah. know but just because we know more about it now you know and obviously back then it had to start it was at a lesser like i guess degree so obviously everything starts somewhere right so it's just kind of like oh now it's going to get to a certain point and now we're going to know it know everything about it now because our media has gotten better our news projection has gotten better so it just gets advertised on a broader scale now yeah and i think when people say that they miss the good old days i think it's mainly like you know like when they didn't have to worry about this kind of shit and they were just playing not knowing what was really going on I think that's like, yeah, to being to being a kid, you know, because you were like blinded from those things, you know, you didn't really yeah. Like, exactly. like, yeah, like gas prices, stuff like that, like all oh, like the news, stuff like that, was going on, you know. I feel like yeah. also with the media shit, like I think it's a good and bad thing that news spreads quicker now, because mm-hmm. yes, it's good because people are informed and they know what's going on, but at the same time, it could be bad because then it uh it strikes fear in certain people in certain households and mm-hmm. and then they're more uh, paranoid with things and then they're stressing about something now more than uh-huh. they should and it, it just causes more problems but then again like i said it's good because people know and they're informed and they're taking the precautions hopefully yep yeah there's um, always gonna be pros and cons with it but yeah i mean overall speaking, news, speaking though, it is better speaking of news though um last week i said that that, that, that just jeffrey star and Kanye west are having an affair that was a lie i told you it was a rumor yeah, was, well, I, oh yeah that, that's why i said allegedly <laughs> I was like, allegedly. I suppose I mean, what I heard. The girl that said it was like, yeah. oh, yeah, I lied. Yeah, she, yeah, she was like, okay. I lied. Uh, was a joke. Um, but also, um, I'm not sure if you had heard about this, but there was a girl on TikTok. She was like, oh, hey, you know, I met this guy. I'm about to go, like, I'm, I just met him today. I'm, I'm going to go camping with him. And, like, a week later, she ended up dead. Holy shit. Yeah. Which, which is like, but like, how, like, how are you that trusting Oh, that's I mean, that, that it, also comes it, with uh go ahead go ahead go ahead oh my bad um no nah, it's just it kind of speaks to people's character i mean yeah like you it, it is refreshing to see people kind of you know w- kind of like i guess think the best of people you know like they want to yeah. like, you know, think yeah. of the best of humanity and you know that's that i think that is good well i obviously it is unfortunate you know my condolences to the family and everything and may uh-huh. she rest peace may she rest in peace um you know it is just it just honestly, there's really no better words. It's, it's just really shitty, you know, to yeah. say stuff like that. Because like, you know, that's a person that really wanted to believe the best of people, and obviously, like, it didn't turn out that way. So, I mean, it just again another con of media, I guess, with all the negative shit that you see more nowadays. It's just like it really deters your like faith in mankind a bit. So it's, oh, yeah. it is, it's kind of a lot harder to be not cynical about things. I think it's a lot like better for like people like especially when you meet people when you meet people in the like in the bars so like the, like the clubs you know it's like yo like you could like just go like people now it's, like you're more cautious like you can't just be like oh hey like like he looks cute let's do this, do this or like you know like oh she's cute like you don't know what what's behind voice? them you know <laughs> what what I said I, Your I just, voice I just, got I, a little it got like a little lower but then quieter like you were being seductive. <laughs> I, I mean, I he was like, yeah, we should go do this. Yeah, he's like, hey, you look, at, like, hey, you look, at me. <laughs> like, hey, chill out. <laughs> I don't know you. No, no, but um, speaking of that, going back to mental health, though, what what can people do now, like, to keep themselves, like, you know, like, deterring from being like depressed or like, you know, just like being in, like in the slumps, like, to keep themselves like active and like, you know, like, just mental health wise and physical. You know, you say I heard from several people is uh, working out. Working out, oh, yeah. you know, that that really helps get your mind off of things. Because something about 
releasing those certain particles or whatever. And uh, I'm, yeah, I'm asked what I heard. Neurotransmitters, uh, endorphins, you know, yeah, things like go. that. Yeah. It really helps reduce cortisol levels, which are directly associated with stress. So by reducing those levels of cortisol, you kind of, you directly reduce your amount of stress. So, um, yeah, I think in a general sense, you know, exercise is definitely a well scientifically researched method. Um, but I think the biggest thing, I guess, more specific to the times of COVID, um, a lot of people's routines were just completely blown up, you know, and yeah. you know, as human beings, we kind of construct our own routines to kind of get into a rhythm and flow of things to yeah. navigate life, which is a good thing. But obviously, when something like this kind of blows that up to a very significant degree, you know, it's very easy for people to feel, you know, lost, a little lost, confused maybe even a little broken because, you know, some of those things may have been really significant to them for them to kind of keep on on and all that. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. So I think the biggest thing for a lot of people, just generally speaking, is, you know, just try and develop a new routine. You know, I know it's probably hard to break from old habits. And of course, it's hard for anybody. But I think more importantly now than ever, it's really important to kind of reestablish yourself because your your body Mm -hmm. physically and mentally is just in disequilibrium. So yeah. if you try it, being able to reset yourself and kind of reestablish yourself, um, you know, it brings that equilibrium back a little bit. Now, obviously, yeah. there's other things that are like outside stressors, you know, financially speaking, socially speaking, personally speaking, et cetera. But um, I think that's a good start, you know, just developing your own routine and kind of, you know, through trial and error, of course, you just kind of figure it out a little bit better, you know. Uh-huh. And in the process, who knows, maybe you find a new talent of yours that you never knew you had. Maybe you find something that you really like doing that, you know, doesn't necessarily require the old things that you were used to. You know, I think there's a silver lining in all of it. I think there's definitely some self-discovery to be had there. Yeah. But um, overall, yeah, I think the biggest thing people could do if they haven't already, obviously just because we've been in this for quite some time is to really just reestablish themselves and kind of get that equilibrium back, you know, kind of just get into the rhythm of flow of, how things are now compared to back then. Yes, sir. Yeah. 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 Working out has helped me a lot. Like, like, you know, every day. You work out. I just can't. I'm just kidding. Oh, okay, mister. <laughs> hey, I'm trying to get him to. Hey, he, he, he's getting right, there right. again. He's getting there again. But but through Zoom, because we don't meet up. Hey, we don't meet up. Pilates, bitch. Exactly. Pilates. <laughs> he's going to look like a buff Caillou. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh! Speaking of Caillou, they canceled Caillou. Yeah, they oh, did. Yeah. Damn, people dude. were so happy. <laughs> yeah, because uh, supposedly from what I what I saw, parents hated Caillou. Oh yeah, because they thought it projected such a negative, like, entitled child that you yeah. know, the children were going to model their behavior. Because I mean, yeah. to be honest, Caillou did bitch a lot. <laughs> yeah, he did. Wait, he did. was it you or Jer who was like, "Oh, Isaac, they they, they canceled your show." Oh, we all said that. <laughs> fucking assholes. <laughs> there goes your show, dude. Oh, that's right. That's right. <laughs> Bro, they're like, they're like, hey, how much for to shave your head? Oh, hey, you shit. should do it, dude. You oh, should fucking do it. I said a minimum do a bald cap. But oh, fuck. I would do a bald cap. I was like, I was like, for Halloween. I was like, buy for me. I'll, I'll, be, I'll wear a bald cap, no problem. <laughs> you have to be Kyle this Halloween. I think I'd look... Hopefully, you know, there's no freaking COVID. So I can actually have to have a, throw a freaking Halloween party this year. Yeah, hopefully. I mean, hopefully. I don't know. It's kind of hard to predict. Yeah. 
I guess um, it's really in, really imperative what these next couple months are going to look like in terms yeah, of action. Yeah. Actual action. Let's see what Biden does. Hopefully he helps us out. Hey, yeah. Uncle Joe better get running my money. <laughs> That's Stevie. That's Stevie Chick. <laughs> no. Oh, yeah, because you're, you're a college student, you get extra fucking money. That's right. Yeah. We're probably the you most broke population. Shit. We're probably the, the most broke population and get nothing. He might fucking cancel uh, student debt for 10K. Yeah, I ain't got no debt, but hey, my, my brother and my hey? sister be happy about that. Props to you. No debt. That's Not something yet. hard to do in college. <laughs> Not yet. <laughs> Not yet. <laughs> yeah. Dude, hey, get in debt now, dude. Get in debt now. Books are so expensive, dude. Those Bro, books fuck are... those books, man. Oh, hell no. Hey, full disclaimer, I happened to stumble upon free PDF versions, you know? So. Oh, yeah? Holy shit, okay. <laughs> okay. Hey, no, uh, not through any work of my own personal doing, just, you know, they just they just happened to show up, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah definitely. Crazy. Hey, Damien, Damien, I heard you, uh, from, a, from a friend to a friend, I uh, heard you have a little, you're an ambassador right now, dude? Oh, yeah. So, speaking of self-discovery and kind of finding things that Really represent yourself. Or uh, sorry, sorry. Of, What's an uh, ambassador? I don't know. It's a, it's a fancy word. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, basically, um, I kind of just I'm an extension of this brand called Ghostfit Clothing. Um, you can follow them at Ghostfit Clothing on Instagram or Twitter, I believe. I know free shout out. That's twenty dollars. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Isaac, go bill me later. It's all good. All um, right, Pat. <laughs> But uh, basically, I'm just an extension in terms of representing them as a brand. Oh, now, okay. Personally speaking, I think Isaac can attest to this. I've never really been somebody that kind of was too big on like the stuff you wear or like the kind of clothes you wear, this and that, especially for like working out and all that. Yeah. Um, but I guess the bigger thing to go along with today's theme, I guess, a little bit is that they are a small business. Of course, they were established in 2017. Um, they really represent mental health in its entirety because the CEO himself, Joshua Parks, uh, he used to play college football at the University of Minnesota and he dealt with some mental health struggles himself. So he really wanted to create a lifestyle brand, not just a fitness brand, a lifestyle brand that really represented, you know, bettering yourself and hence their slogan, raise your standards, you know, raising your standards all around you, whether it be something, you know, immediate, like, you know, friendships, relationships, or, any type of environmental influence that you have control over. Yeah. Um, they all their proceeds that they make, 5% of it does go to Mental Health America to help uh, fund and find resources to help uh, young adults mitigate the effects of anxiety and depression, as Ooh. well as other mental illnesses. So I really feel like it's a brand in which I can really get behind just yeah. simply because it's more than just the clothes, you know? Like, yeah. And don't get me wrong, the clothes themselves. Oh, extremely great quality they really nice. well priced and all that and you know it's really stuff that you can wear out and about or if you want to get a good workout in so i think it's very diverse in that sense but overall just the bigger message itself is what yeah. i really kind of want to represent and kind of get behind because you know obviously comparatively to you know other brands you know they may be small but you know i really think the impact in terms of just not only the clothes that they develop and make but just the overall message it's uh -huh. something I feel like a lot of people can really get behind. Yeah. Definitely. And mental, it, mental issues, uh, mental health issues, is just huge. And people oh, yeah. disregard that. So, mm -hmm. I mean, that's, that's good from, from them to bring awareness to that. It, it, what's that promo code? Hey, that promo oh, code. Oh, shit. 
promo code for 10% off. Hey, and honestly, you can use it. You cannot. Maybe spread the word. Tell your friends. Tell your family and all that. Maybe they support by just word of mouth. You know, that's what really matters because, again, the message itself is what matters. So you yeah. can use, optionally, of course, Stay Strong 10 for 10% off your order. That's Stay Strong 10, 10% off. Ghostfit.com. Stay Strong 10. And then whatever the fuck Isaac said after that. You said that on Insta? Uh, their Insta is Ghostfit Clothing. And then how about, what, what can they find you? Uh, they can find me. Uh, my House. page is still under construction, but it's all lowercase. <laughs> Damien V underscore underscore underscore. I got Man. a lot of great content that's going to be rolling out. So it's going to have to do with fitness advocation, mental health advocation, as well as, you know, just the overall idea of being an advocate for just holistic health. And I know you have another another account. Are you still using that one too? Uh, that one, I'm actually moving the resources. Um, I used to have an account of IE Advocacy, which was focusing bringing awareness to the available free resources offered mm-hmm. around the Inland Empire in terms of mental health um, and other uh, support services. But uh-huh. I'm going to go ahead and be moving that content to my main page as well because um, cool. I'm going to be merging the two to kind of bring this holistic health uh, approach to everything. So basically holistic, meaning kind of taking everything yeah. into consideration, not just one aspect or one component of a person, but looking at the person as a whole. And kind of seeing not only the physical, but also the mental aspects into that. So really just kind of advocating for that type of um, improvement in someone's personal health. So both mentally and physically. And what was the incident one last time? What was that? What was, the incident, what was your incident one last time? Uh, the incident where everything is going to be at coming soon is going to be Damien V underscore underscore underscore. That is three underscores. Get it straight. <laughs> All right, this is the entire podcast. You can follow us the Thrive underscore podcast on Instagram. Um, go ahead and follow Damien too. Um, check out that Ghostfate promo code. Um, ten percent. You know, and spread fight. the word. Support. Spread the word. Um, um, I don't. I don't feel like I said anything offensive this time. So uh, <laughs> I don't. I don't really feel like saying my quote. So I'm gonna say something opposite of it. Um, if uh, if you ever been offended by someone or by something, fuck them. <laughs> don't don't let that sh- don't let that shit bother you, and uh, yeah, and f- right. fuck me too. If I offended you, fuck me too. Fuck it. Oh yeah, yeah. not Come like on. that. Not like that. No, not like that. Yo, <laughs> hey, yeah, 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 yeah. This is a this is a family channel. <laughs> hey, no, no, it's not. Sorta, not really. This episode's a family. Yeah, this this one was really. I feel like a lot of people should listen to this one if they're you know because of coins and all that stuff. This was this one's really great. Thanks to Damien for such Don't great knowledge he provided. Yes. And uh, it it took me a while to understand a lot because he was using a lot of big words, but I understood most <laughs> of it. And uh, it, it was it was not, it was you know, it was nice, dude. They're gonna get nice, uh, dude. I guess nice lecture, you would say. Yeah, yeah. To, to learn about that's a lot of, that's lot of right. things. Hey, well, thank you guys for having me. Appreciate y'all. Yeah, Appreciate the fun right. conversation. Hey, thank you for being here. Mm-hmm. Thank of course, you, of course. course. Providing us with your knowledge, you know. Yeah. Does that mean go follow us to our podcast at the T H E T H R I V A underscore podcast. And Robert lost an automatic. That's right, Robert. That's right. Never forget that. Keep you humble, okay? We love you. All right. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>